This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Brunei has been in the headlines the last little while and for all the wrong reasons. They have some new Islamic laws that are taking effect in that country today. And it will punish gay sex and adultery by stoning the offenders to death. This has triggered, as you can imagine, and rightfully so, an outcry from countries, from civil rights groups, and from celebrities that go far beyond that tiny Southeast Asian nation. The penalties were provided for under new sections of Brunei's Sharia Penal Code, and it was instituted in 2014. They were trying to build up the influence of Islam in the monarchy, which is around 430,000 people, two-thirds of whom are Muslim. And remember, this is a very, very oil-rich, very wealthy country. So even before 2014, we know that homosexuality in Brunei was already punishable by a jail term of up to 10 years. But these new laws mean that people found guilty could be stoned to death. Now, this has made a lot of headlines because the Sultan of Brunei, the head of that country, owns a lot of properties, a lot of hotel properties in particular all over the world. And celebrities like George Clooney have been leading the charge saying, don't stay in any of them. Cut off any business to that country if they have property uh, in your area. Don't stay. Don't spend your money there. We wanted to talk more about the impact of all of this with our guest, who's Bridget Welsh, who's an associate professor of political science at the John Cabot University in Rome. Bridget, thank you for joining us. Most welcome. Uh, nice to speak with you. Tell me, what is happening in Brunei? Why are these changes coming in now? Well, the government, as you mentioned, first introduced laws in 2014. They just didn't specify the legal code. So it's been five years that they have put off uh, specifying a legal code. And I think the reasons that the timing is now is that there's pressure for them to actually deliver on what they said earlier. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the domestic situation at home. Uh, the Sultan is 72. Um, he's passing on power to his son. Uh, he wants to leave a legacy. He wants to also, uh, at a certain degree, uh, strengthen his son in terms of religious legitimacy. The regime is much weaker than it was before because of the economy. Uh, oil prices have contracted. There is a need to diversify the economy. Uh, and so he relies more on religious legitimacy to shore up his political power. And I think uh, this particular legal code, uh, he believes in that he can do that by tapping into some of the more conservative elements in the society and giving himself things as a veneer of legitimacy. Right. Does he not care then what the perception of that is outside of Brunei? Well, you know, you've seen a, a bit of an important shift in Southeast Asia, and that has to do with the fact that, you know, the West is no longer as important and as influential as it used to be, and it doesn't have the same uh, gravitas on issues of human rights than it did in the past. So China, for example, is a much more important player for Brunei. Um, and, of course, they don't stand up for these issues uh, as, as the West has done. And so I think, uh, you know, the, the Brunei government has, has made its choices um, and feeling that they can actually get away with it. Um, and I think the only place that where it's going to be hit or where you mentioned are in the Sultan's businesses, which are his hotels are located predominantly in the West. Um, and I think uh, we're going to see how this plays out. And this is not the first time a boycott was called. It was called earlier. Um, and I, I think he's hoping that with time he'll be able to sustain uh, and bring back the business um, and, and get over the hump in terms of the, the outcry that, that people are having over these provisions, which, by the way, 
as you mentioned, not just in terms of gay sex and, uh, and issues associated with um, uh, adultery, it also involves things like cross-dressing, and it could actually extend to uh, you know, people as young as seven years old oh. uh, in terms of children. So the human rights violations that are, that, are, that are being spoken about are really quite broad. Uh, so we know that the Sultan of Brunei, I, mean, I remember he used to be like the richest man in the world. That has certainly changed. Is there an economic problem then in Brunei? No, I think he's, he's still very wealthy, and he, he owns multiple hotels, and he's a billionaire, uh, many pulls over. Um, I, but I think you've seen new sources of wealth in technology sectors and others, uh, so it's not just coming from oil and gas revenue. Uh, but the long-term uh, projections for Brunei's oil and gas revenues are not as positive as they were 30 years ago. So there is more pressure for him to diversify the economy uh, and to look to different options. But he still is very wealthy, and the exact amount of his wealth is really not known because there's, there's not transparency in this system. Right. Now, the two big properties that he owns are uh, the Bel Air and the Beverly Hills Hotel. And many Hollywood celebrities, uh, Elton John, George Clooney, even Richard Branson, are saying, yeah, I'm not going to stay at any one of those properties. Will that, do you think, have any kind of an impact? Well, I think uh, I think that there has been significant outcry, and I, I think that these provisions, you know, really raise a lot of eyebrows, uh, and, and many, uh, you know, are quite shocked at the scope of uh, what is being what is being introduced. Uh, but the question will be whether or not this is that the boycott and issues are being sustainable. Um, and I think it's not just in the United States, as you mentioned, but there are also um, quite a few properties in Europe. Um, and I think that these that we'll see whether or not it, it affects the economic bottom line. Um, but for, for the Sultan, I'm sure he's made his calculations uh, in the sense that he, he recognizes that he's hoping that the, there will, this will be a temporary boot, uh, decline in business and that longer term he'll be able to track people into these very, very swanky hotels that he owns. What do we know about the Sultan's son then who could potentially be on the throne soon? Well, he's not as dynamic a figure as his father, um, and I think this is one of the reasons that I, I think there is an attempt to sort of shore up. But it, it's, you know, I think one has to recognize the Sultan, although he's 72, is still quite healthy, um, and I think that he, uh, it's a question about paving the way uh, for uh, for his children and for the future generations, uh, and uh, as opposed to, uh, you know, he's not he's not like it's going to, going tomorrow sort of thing. Right. So there's still time here. So in essence, then, Bridget, doesn't matter. It sounds like how much the rest of the world is upset about this. Uh, Brunei seems to be quite content with moving forward on their own. Well, I think it will matter. I think uh, it, it's not just about the hotels. I think that the question will be whether or not there will be an impact on investment in Brunei itself. I and mean, there are a lot of oil companies that are, uh, the oil and gas companies that are connected to Brunei. Uh, and I think that uh, if these things send signals of uh, that this is just not acceptable, um, they, you know, then I think you're going to see shifts. I mean, one of the things that was happening when the TPP was being passed um, in the, uh, that the that Brunei had agreed to sort of not include many of these provisions. Now that there is a new arrangement, I think that you don't have the same uh, legal provisions to protect uh, businesses and companies and individuals working in Brunei compared to the past. I think that as people move forward and look at investment dynamics uh, for Brunei, uh, I think there's going to be more pressure as well. Interesting. Bridget, thank you for your time. Most welcome. Appreciate that. That's Bridget Welsh, Associate Professor of Political Science at the John Cabot University in Rome.